right. So welcome, everyone. And um, I'm excited to be here, even though my iPhone is misbehaving. It's great to be here. I was trying to uh, get to my um, my clock because I like to time myself uh, with my with my um, comments, with my uh, starting this conversation about um, resilience. And so I, I want to keep it uh, short and sweet and also have time for interaction, um, for dialogue. And as you know, uh, I'm excited to be here and this is a very challenging time uh, with, with all of the things going on in terms of the suffering, as you may know, that 8 million people fell below the poverty line recently. And there's a lot of uh, people dying, over 200,000 people dying and over 8 million um, infected with COVID, not to mention the social injustice and the lack of, ap the lack of uh, compassion and empathy by some folks in power in terms of not, not being willing to to actually help alleviate or eliminate suffering on many different levels. And I would also say that folks that misbehave are also under a lot of um, are suffering quite a bit. And sometimes that's what happens when we suffer. We're not paying attention to how we're impacting ourselves and others. We can continue to cause suffering for ourselves and others just out of ignorance. And so the whole idea of Inside meditation, the Buddha summed up his teachings as to do good, to avoid evil, and purify the mind and the heart. And and the idea is that we can we we start off with basic goodness. I like to talk about the masterpiece within <clears throat> um, Buddha nature, Christ consciousness, divine spark, Kuan Yin uh, energy. Um, however, we want to phrase it. But we we start off with this. We are we are wired for success. We are wired for connection, and so the whole idea of of insight meditation is, I believe, the alleviation or elimination of suffering individually and collectively. And in insight meditation, especially how how it's exposed at Cambridge Insight Meditation Center, has to do with this idea of taking refuge in the Buddha the Dharma and the Sangha. And so I talked about the Buddha a little bit when I said that we all have Buddha nature or Christ consciousness or masterpiece within. So we have, we have this, this is not something that uh, we have to look outside of ourselves for. It's, it's right where we are. It's within. We have to look within to access that. And we have the Dharma or the teachings that help us give us the way to release that divine spark or to get in touch with our Buddha nature, Christ consciousness, with our, our getting beyond the illusion of separateness. And then we have the Sangha and we have the community of, of folks that are interested in the same thing of alleviating suffering, overcoming our own um, greed, hatred, and delusion, our own ways of, of creating suffering for ourselves and others and then being willing to share that and to talk about it collectively on how do we do this thing called life in a way where we deal with the fact that things are changing or in constant flux and impermanence and that there's suffering that can't be avoided, but how we relate to suffering could alleviate or eliminate suffering or at least make it uh, manageable 
uh, so that we're not um, we're not behaving out of that suffering in a way that causes suffering for ourselves and others. And so the resilience is just the ability to to respond, uh, to be resourceful in spite of the fact that things are challenging. Uh, for myself and my own experience, uh, as, as I found my way to the path, it had to do with overcoming um, substance abuse. And then once I got into sobriety, I recognized the fact that I had chronic pain and I had to learn how to deal with chronic pain in a way that, that didn't require that I take uh, pain medication. Because the pain medication, uh, my my addiction doesn't really know the difference between what's what's legal and what's illegal. It's it's about knowing that I didn't have that option, and I I do use pain meds when I can, when I have to, but for the most part, I learned how to relate to my chronic pain in a way that actually led to more ease, more ease of being, and and a high quality of life, and that's how I got in to this practice. And so resilience is the idea of being able to fall off, have an aim, and then fall off our aim or fall off track and being able to get back on the horse or get back uh, in alignment with our aim, with our intention. And so, so to be resilient means that no matter what happens, uh, if we can use the practice to create space between stimulus and response, in that space we have the freedom and power to choose. And when we choose uh, unskillfully or unwisely, we have the opportunity to reset, redo, and that's what resilience is about, is learning from, from our missteps. And it's interesting, I just wanted to um, talk a little bit about the science uh, that helps us to understand, well, what resilience is. And so for me, when I first got clean and, and I started creating space between stimulus and response, I actually was uh, in this, um, at the time it was a very, uh, it was a cutting edge program called uh, Stress Management. And it was taught by Joan Borisinko out of the uh, Harvard Cookham um, Healthcare HMO. Um, and so it was one of those uh, programs where we had to get pre and post testing, we had to spit and, and you know, give them urine samples and that sort of thing. And that's when I got in touch with, with this uh, stress hardiness or this idea of the three C's that, that it doesn't matter uh, when whatever happens that I could see it as a challenge and that, that I was committed to my growth and that I had control and I couldn't control what was happening to me. I couldn't control the fact that I had a substance abuse problem or if I had chronic pain, but I could choose my response to it. And that I learned how to start to create space or so I'm choosing consciously how to respond to painful situations in a way that enhances my growth and my well-being. And so the three C's, that's what I came, that's what I learned years ago and of course the practice of insight meditation helped me a lot with that because it helped me to understand that the, the best stress reducer is is wisdom that's the best stress reducer so that i started learning how to relate to situations in a way that were in alignment with the way things are something happens you know i can i can deny 
I can blame others for my substance abuse or my chronic pain. But unless I take responsibility for it and say, yes, I'd rather not have it, but it's here. And so can I relate to things as they are in a way that empowers and, and connects me with higher power? So can I relate to life in a dynamic, energetic way? And that's what I've been doing. And I was talking to a friend today and I've been on this path for over almost going on this, I'm in my 37th year of being on this path and I feel more enthusiasm, more excited about life than I have before. And I'm still having challenges. You know, my you know cousin of mine just passed away recently uh, from cancer and, and just recently a, a close friend of mine uh, got diagnosed with, um, with uh, lung cancer. So it, it continues. It continues yet. There's a way relating to that in a way that I can be present for my life and present for other folks' lives. And so this practice of, of being uh, of being present, of understanding what, that I have Buddha nature, that just like the research says that people who are successful at what they do, they, they have, um, there's three, three, three things that help with that. And the first thing is, is cultivating an attitude of hope and optimism or what Sean uh, Accord uh, calls uh, positive genius. And to me in this practice, that's right view. That's viewing things rightly. Something happens and then how I relate to it, how I interpret it uh, has everything to do with my ability to be at peace and at ease and still be clear about what's happening and how am I going to relate to it in a way that enhances my well-being. And so that's the hope and optimism in the right view. And in this practice, right view is a view that simply put non-greed, non-hatred, non-delusion. So it means that understanding things is a way. It's understanding, understanding how the universe works, how I, how I work. The opposite of greed is renunciation or generosity, love and kindness, compassion in terms of ill will. So it's those qualities of mind that, that help us be in right view. When we're viewing things rightly, when we're viewing things from positivity, and that actually enhances our immune functioning so that we're able to see things in, 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 in ways where we're not in tunnel vision, where we have panoramic view, and that we are very resourceful. That's when we have a resourceful state of mind where it's able to see, because it's in positivity, our thinking and our, and our feeling about what's going on is enhanced, and we have more access to power. So the second thing has to do with social support. And that's, that means we talk about song or having people that love us that are able to support us and understand that I and the other are one. And so I've been doing, as you heard, my iPhone might have gave me a, a little bit of a promo. Um, I've been having this discussion every Thursday during COVID around called Being at Home with George. And one of the things I talk about a lot is this idea of of embracing the hurt or the pain or the frustration and at the same time generating hope, increasing optimism by not making stuff up, by really understanding that, okay, in spite of this, I can choose. And when I go back to the three C's, the control aspect, we know that we can develop hardiness by having one 
modicum of control. So just controlling how I am responding to something gives me that, opens that door where I start to develop more stress hardiness, more resilience, or what we call um, strong self-efficacy belief. This idea that I'm expanding my capacity, but that requires me with the social support, with the positive mindset to see whatever is happening as an opportunity or a challenge. But that's the third thing. When we see it as a challenge, this is what elite athletes do. No matter what's happening, whether we're in a high state of arousal, of anxiety or not, when, when, we're, when we understand we have that self, high self-efficacy or strong self-efficacy belief or resilience, we know that that high state of arousal is really, if we can just hang in there and persevere and stay on task, that we, we enter in what we call flow. We enter into being in a zone where, where we alter states of consciousness and we actually uh, lose this idea of self-consciousness. Self, um, we actually disappear and we just become one with whatever we're doing. So we know that's from research. I know this from my experience working with elite athletes in my own life and my own recovery and the clients I work with that we do need and that's what we call right effort in this practice. Right effort is to abandon uh, ill will or hatred. How do we abandon it? How do we prevent it from arising in the first place? And how do we cultivate mindfulness, love and kindness, compassion, um, empathy, uh, wisdom? And once we, once we bring it into being, how do we sustain it, maintain it, perfect it? And so that's what this practice is about. And so the social, so we have that mindset individually getting in the right view of getting into positivity or what I call sometimes the growth mindset versus the fight, flight, or freeze or survival mindset. And that, that enhances our whole our potentiality gets, gets uh, triggered and we're able to access our core, who we really are in those times of difficulty and challenges. And so it's just understanding yeah, things are really rough. And what are we going to do about it? Can we relate to it in a way that, that empowers and inspires us? And that's what I've been doing for the last 36 plus years is understanding whatever comes up, how do I relate to it in a way that increases, that connects me to higher power, connects me to this sense of, yes, okay, yes, this is happening and this is what we're going to do about it. Yes, I'm embracing the hurt and I'm generating the hope. And so a couple of years ago, I had the opportunity of going to Flint, Michigan and, and working with that community. As you know, they've had some challenges with the drinking water. And one of the, one of my, uh, one of the guys that I met that was um, uh, presenting with me, his name is uh, Travis Thomas, and he wrote a book, Live, Yes, And, and it's about improvisation. And so to me, I'm a big Bruce Lee fan, and I talk about Be Like Water, and just and just things happen you say yes to them and how am i going to relate to this in a way where i can alleviate suffering for myself and others and connect to you know see it as a stepping stone not as a roadblock and in and in improv the way improv works is whatever is offered to you you take it and you run with it if you reject it then it breaks the whole flow it doesn't work and in that and just like in in this practice is to understand suffering, to seek, well, what is this and how, how do I um, learn from it and how do I prevent it from arising in the first place? And so with improv, 
especially the way he teaches it, is that there's no such thing, just like NLP, there's no such thing as failure, it's just feedback. So whatever happens, it's telling us what we need to relate to in a way where we can learn from it and, and also understand that it's not what happens to us, it's our reaction to it or how we are being in that difficulty and that challenge. And a big part of, of getting to resilience or getting to a strong self-efficacy belief is managing or mastering difficulties and obstacles in a way where our latent abilities are expressed. This is what Hans Selye said in his book, uh, the, um, the Stress of Life, is that when we get into those situations, that's when our latent abilities manifest. And so the idea is, how do we get that masterpiece? How do we chip away to let that masterpiece out? And the only way out is through, and it's through challenges and difficulties. And so I don't know if I want to say much more than that, but I do know for me, it's, it's, it's all about me taking personal responsibility and choosing. And one of the things that, that's really helpful is when I can get beyond this illusion of separateness, when I realize I am the other one, and that if I relate to people as masterpieces or as uh, divine sparks, sparks, then that's a different psychology than or relating to them soul to soul, whatever language works for you, that we have to figure out how to do that on a big scale because this challenges that we are faced today with the racial injustice and COVID and, and the, um, you know, the, the struggling economy, the only way we're going to be able to to use that as a stepping stone to build back better or, or to, to actually enhance our well-being is together and it all starts with the individual self. So I don't know how much more I want to talk about it other than the fact that that um, that we all are challenged in some way or another right now or we know someone who is challenged and, and myself, you know, I have, even though things are great, like I said, I have people that die, get ill. Um, you know, I have my own issues with sleep apnea and diabetes and, and all sorts of things. And yet, and I have people close to me die. And yet I still have access to a piece that none of that stuff seems to affect. And that's the thing that, that is the power of this is not about, anything other than just be still and know and just, you know, do good, avoid evil, purify the mind. And it's inter interesting. So a couple of years ago, because I was looking on my phone and I was looking at the photographs and I was out in California working with this, my friend's volleyball team. And I was working with the young ladies and it was this, this idea that, that they should be able to get better without suffering <laughs> without struggling and and we were going back and forth and finally I just said listen no struggle no swag <laughs> no struggle no swag I got swag because I struggle but it's not that I am being um pig-headed or, or or um stubborn it's more about being persistent which means I have a way forward I have an understanding on how to alleviate suffering and how do I sustain, how do I stay on course when I get knocked off? And so for some of you who are in the meditation with me, it's just this ability to just be still and know, just sitting and being aware of breathing in and out and whatever comes, let it come and go. And then that ability to do that, we start to be able to 
let things speak to us instead of reacting to it or interpreting what's happening before we get the full uh, raw data without embellishment, without interference. And in that, we start to see things that we didn't see before because we're, we're, we're rushing in with self-interest and abstract thinking and associative thinking, and we're not really letting the thing speak to us. And if we know with our intimate relationships, we may have a situation where, where our loved one is talking to us and we're hearing them based on the past instead of really listening to them as they are now. And so that's why they talk about familiarity breeds contempt, because, you know, we keep seeing the person we, that as they were not being open and seeing them as they are now. And that also includes us, it includes me, that I'm guilty of the same thing, seeing myself as I was, rather than allowing myself to be a becoming, or that I'm, like everything else, I'm changing, but my core is the same in terms of doing good, avoid evil, purify the mind and heart. So I think I'll, I'll open it up for discussion. I don't want to say much more than that, but it's really important to understand that we are wired for success and it's how we direct our attention, how we transform or, or uh, how do I want to say, how we have a transformation of consciousness, how we cultivate evil. I mean, not cultivate evil, but do the opposite, cultivate the opposite of evil, which is do good, avoid evil, and purify the mind. And so it's not to make one worse, bad or worse. It's just whether it's skillful or unskillful. We don't have to get into the judging thing, but we need to know when I do this, this works. When I do that, it doesn't work. And am I willing to go with what's helpful, what works? Okay, so I guess I'm done. Good being here. Appreciate you all. Nothing but love for you. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.